Act 4. Call forth, Bago. Now, Bago, freely speak thy mind. What dost thou know of noble Gloucester's death? Who wrought it with the king, and who performed the bloody office of his timeless end? Then set before my face the lord, or Merle. Cousin, stand forth and look upon that man. My lady, O Merle, I know your daring tongue scorns to unsay what once it hath delivered in that dead time when Glaucher's death was plotted. I heard you say, is not my arm of length that reacheth from the restful English court as far as Calais to mine uncle's head? Amongst much other talk, that very time I heard you say that you had rather refuse the offer of a hundred thousand crowns than Bolingbroke's return to England, adding with all how blessed this land would be in this, your cousin's death. Princes and noble lords, what answer shall I make to this base man? Shall I so much dishonor my fair stars on equal terms to give him chastisement? Either I must or have mine honor soiled by the attainder of his slanderous lips. There is my gauge, the manual seal of death that marks thee out for hell. I say thou liest, and will maintain what thou hast said is false in thy heart blood, though being all too base to stain the temper of my knightly sword. Bago, forbear, thou shalt not take it up. Well, excepting one, I would he were the best in all this presence that hath moved me so. If that thy valor stand on sympathy, there is my gage, Amerly, engaged to thine. By that fair sun which shows me where thou standest, I heard thee say, and vauntingly thou spakest it, that thou wert cause of noble Gloucester's death. If thou deniest it twenty times, thou liest, and I will turn thy falsehood to thy heart, where it was forged with my rapier's point. Thou darest not, coward, live to see that day. Now by my soul, I would it were this hour. Fitzwater, thou art damned to hell for this. O Merle, thou liest. His honor is as true in this appeal as thou art all unjust. And that thou art so, there, I throw my gauge to prove it on thee to the extremest point of mortal breathing. Seize it, if thou darest. And if I do not, may my hands rot off and never brandish more revengeful steel over the glittering helmet of my foe. I task the earth to the like, forsworn Amaral, and spur thee on with full as many lies as may be hallowed in thy treacherous ear from sun to sun. There is my honor's pawn. Engage it to the trial, if thou darest. Who sets me else? By heaven I'll throw it all. I have a thousand spirits in one breast to answer twenty thousand such as you. My lord Fitzwater, I do remember well the very time O'Merle and you did talk. Tis very true, 
You were in presence then, and you can witness with me this is true. As false by heaven, as heaven itself is true. Sir, thou liest. Dishonorable boy, that lie shall lie so heavy on my sword that it shall render vengeance and revenge. Till thou, the lie-giver, and that lie do lie in earth as quiet as thy father's skull. In proof whereof, there is my honor's palm. Engage it to the trial, if thou darest. How fondly dost thou spur a forward horse. If I dare eat, or drink, or breathe, or live, I dare meet Surrey in a wilderness, and spit upon him, whilst I say he lies, and lies, and lies. There is my bond of faith, to tie thee to my strong correction. As I intend to thrive in this new world, Omerly is guilty of my true appeal. Besides, I heard the banished Norfolk say that thou, Omerly, didst send two of thy men to execute the noble Duke of Calais. Some honest Christian trust me with a gauge. That Norfolk lies, here do I throw down this, if he may be repealed to try his honor. These differences shall all rest under gauge till Norfolk be repealed. Repealed he shall be, and, though mine enemy restored again to all his lands and seigneuries, when he's returned against O'Murrow, we will enforce his trial. That honorable day shall ne'er be seen. Many a time hath banished Norfolk fought for Jesu Christ in glorious Christian field, streaming the ensign of the Christian cross against black pagans, Turks, and Saracens and toiled with works of war, retired himself to Italy. And there, at Venice, gave his body to that pleasant country's earth, and his pure soul unto his Captain Christ, under whose colors he had fought so long. Why, Bishop, is Norfolk dead? As surely as I live, my lord. Sweet peace, conduct his sweet soul to the bosom of good old Abraham, Lords Appellants, your differences shall all rest under gauge till we assign you to your days of trial. Great Duke of Lancaster, I come to thee from plume-plucked Richard, who with willing soul adopts the heir, and his high scepter yields to the possession of thy royal hand. Ascend his throne, descending now from him, and long live Henry, fourth of that name. In God's name, I'll ascend the regal throne. Mary, God forbid. Worst in this royal presence may I speak, yet best beseeming me to speak the truth. Would God that any in this noble presence were enough noble to be upright judge of noble Richard. Then true noblesse would learn him forbearance from so foul a wrong. What subject? can give sentence on his king. And who sits here that is not Richard's subject? Thieves are not judged, but they are by to hear, although apparent guilt be seen in them. And shall the figure of God's majesty, his captain, steward, deputy, elect, anointed, crowned, planted many years, be judged by subject and inferior breath, and he himself not be present. 
Offended, God, that in a Christian climate, souls refined should show so heinous, black, obscene a deed. I speak to subjects, and a subject speaks stirred up by God, thus boldly for his king. My lord of Hereford here, whom you call king, is a foul traitor to proud Hereford's king. And if you crown him, let me prophesy, the blood of English shall manure the ground, and future ages groan for this foul act. Peace shall go to sleep with Turks and infidels, and in this seat of peace, tumultuous wars shall kin with kin and, and kind with kind confound. Disorder, horror, fear, and, and mutiny shall here inhabit. And this land be called the field of Golgotha and dead men's skulls. Oh, if you raise this house against this house, it will the woefulest division prove that ever fell upon this cursed earth. Prevent it. Resist it. Let it not be so. Lest child, child's children cry against you. Woe. Well have you argued, sir. And for your pains of capital treason, we arrest you here. My Lord Westminster, be it your charge to keep him safely till his day of trial. May it please you, lords, to grant this commons a suit. Fetch hither Richard, that in common view he may surrender, so we shall proceed without suspicion. I will be his conduct. Lords, you that here are under our arrest, procure your sureties for your days of answer. Little are we beholding to your love, and little looked for at your helping hands. Alack, why am I sent for to a king before I have shook off the regal thoughts wherewith I reigned? I hardly yet have learned to insinuate, flatter, bow, and bend my limbs. Give sorrow leave a while to tutor me to this submission. Yet I will remember the favors of these men. Were they not mine? Did they not sometime cry, All hail to me? So Judas did to Christ, but he in twelve found truth in all but one. I in twelve thousand, none. God save the king! Will no man say amen? Am I both priest and clerk? <laughs> well then, amen. God save the king, although I be not he. And yet, amen, if heaven do think him me. To do what service am I sent for hither? To do that office of thine own good will, which tired majesty did make thee offer, the resignation of thy state and crown to Henry Bolingbroke. Give me the crown. Here, cousin. Seize the crown. On this side my hand, and on that side yours. Now is this golden crown like a deep well, that owes two buckets filling one another. The emptier ever dancing in the air, the other down, unseen and full of water. That bucket down and full of tears, am I, drinking my griefs, whilst you mount up on high. I thought you had been willing to resign. My crown I am, but still my griefs are mine. You may my glories and my state depose, but not my griefs. Still my king of those. 
Part of your cares you give me with your crown. Your cares set up do not pluck my cares down. My care is loss of care, by old care done. Your care is gain of care, by new care won. The cares I give, I have, though given away. They tend the crown, yet still with me they stay. Are you contented to resign the crown? I know. No, I. For I must nothing be. Therefore, no, no. For I resigned thee. Now mark me how I will undo myself. I give this heavy weight from off my head, and this unwieldy scepter from my hand. The pride of kingly sway from out my heart. With mine own tears I wash away my balm. With mine own hands I give away my crown. With mine own tongue deny my sacred state. With mine own breath release all duty's rights. All pomp and majesty I do forswear. My manners, rents, revenues I forego. My acts, decrees, and statutes I deny. God pardon all oaths that are broke to me. God keep all vows unbroke that swear to thee. Make me that nothing have, with nothing grieved, and thou with all pleased that hast all achieved. Long mayst thou live in Richard's seat to sit, and soon lie Richard in an earthy pit. God save King Harry, unkinged Richard says, and send him many years of sunshine days. What more remains? What more remains? No more, but that you read these accusations and these grievous crimes committed by your person and your followers against the state and prophet of this land. That by confessing them, the souls of men may deem that you are worthily deposed. Must I do so? And must I ravel out my weaved-up folly? Gentle Northumberland, if thy offenses were upon record, would it not shame thee in so fair a troop to read a lecture of them? If thou wouldst, there shouldst thou find one heinous article containing the deposing of a king and cracking the strong warrant of an oath, marked with the blot damned in the book of heaven. Nay, all of you that stand and look upon, whilst that my wretchedness doth bait myself, though some of you with pilot wash your hands, showing an outward pity, Yet you pilots have here delivered me to my sour cross, and water cannot wash away your sin. My lord, dispatch. Read o'er these articles. Mine eyes are full of tears I cannot see. And yet salt water blinds them not so much but they can see a sort of traitors here. Nay, <laughs> if I turn mine eyes upon myself, I find myself a traitor with the rest, for I have given here my soul's consent to undeck the pompous body of a king made glory base and sovereignty a slave, proud majesty a subject, state a peasant. My lord. No lord of thine, thou hot insulting man, nor no man's lord. I have no name, no title, no. Not that name was given me at the font, but tis usurped. <laughs> Alack the heavy day that I have worn so many winters out and know not now what name to call myself. Oh, that I were a mockery king of snow, standing before the sun of Bolingbroke to melt myself away in water drops. Good king, great king, 
and yet not greatly good. And if my word be sterling yet in England, let it command a mirror hither straight that it may show me what a face I have, since it is bankrupt of his majesty. Go some of you and fetch a looking glass. Read o'er this paper while the glass doth come. Fiend, thou torments me ere I come to hell. Heard yet no more, my lord Northumberland. The commons will not then be satisfied. They shall be satisfied. I'll read enough when I do see the very book indeed where all my sins are writ. And that's myself. Give me the glass, and therein will I read. No deeper wrinkles yet? <laughs> Hath sorrow struck so many blows upon this face of mine, and made no deeper wounds? <sighs> Flattering glass. Like too many followers in prosperity, thou dost beguile me. Was this face, the face that every day under his household roof did keep ten thousand men? Was this the face that, like the sun, did make beholders wink? Was this the face that faced so many follies, and was at last outfaced by Bolingbroke? <laughs> a brittle glory shineth in this face. As brittle as the glory is the face. For there it is, cracked in a hundred shivers. Mark, silent king, the moral of this sport, how soon my sorrow hath destroyed my face. The shadow of your sorrow hath destroyed the shadow of your face. Say that again? The shadow of my sorrow? <laughs> Let's see. Tis very true, my grief lies all within. And these external manners of lament are merely shadows to the unseen grief that swells with silence in the tortured soul. There lies the substance. And I thank thee, King, for thy great bounty that not only givest me cause to wail, but teachest me the way to lament the cause. I'll beg one boon, and then be gone and trouble you no more. Shall I obtain it? Name it, fair cousin. Fair cousin? I am greater than a king. For when I was a king, my flatterers were then but subjects. Being now a subject, I have a king here to my flatterer. Being so great, I have no need to beg. Yet ask. And shall I have? You shall. Then give me leave to go. Whither? Whither you will. So I were from your sights. Go. Some of you convey him to the tower. Oh, good. Convey. Conveyors are you all, that rise thus nimbly by a true king's fall. On Wednesday next, we solemnly set down our coronation. Lords, prepare yourselves. A woeful pageant have we here beheld. The woes to come. The children yet unborn shall feel this day as sharp to them as thorn. You holy clergyman, is there no plot to rid the realm of this pernicious blot? My lady, before I freely speak my mind herein, you shall not only take the sacrament to bury mine intents, 
but also to effect whatever I shall happen to devise. I see your brows are full of discontent, your hearts of sorrow, and your eyes of tears. Come home with me to supper, and I'll lay a plot shall show us all a merry day. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show, Richard II, Act 4, featuring the voice talents of Christopher Gilstrap as Henry Bolingbroke, Jose Donado as King Richard II, Natalia Orlovsky as the Duchess of Ormel, Vincent Morrison as the Earl of Northumberland, Dave Morgan as Lord Fitzwater, Jason R. Wallace as the Bishop of Carlisle, Susan Evand as the Duchess of Surrey, Gareth Seven as the Duke of York, Jordan Hass as Bagot, Jake Smith as Abbott, Susan Evand as Henry Percy, and James Rossi as the Lord. Written by William Shakespeare, adapted for audio by Landon Bell, directed by George Linfield, assistant director Joel Rowan, music by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2019 Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Next time on The Pendant Shakespeare. This way the king will come. This is the way to Julius Caesar's ill-erected tower, to whose flint bosom my condemned lord has doomed a prisoner by proud Bolingbroke. I do beseech you, pardon me. It may not show it. I will be satisfied. Let me see it, I say. Treason! Foul treason! Villain! Traitor! Slave! I have been studying how I may compare this prison where I live unto the world. And for because the world is populous, and here is not a creature but myself, I cannot do it. Yet, I'll hammer it out. Richard II comes to its thrilling conclusion in Act 5, presented by the Wild Bill Variety Show. Our scene is altered from a serious thing and now changed to the beggar and the king. Listen or catch up anytime on desktop or mobile at PendantAudio.com.